Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The gentlemen from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas. Oh, it's that time. I have a feeling that this might be an animated segment coming up over the course of the last or the next hour. Maybe it'll be the last hour. Who's to say? Did I just say that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen for him. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday. Very uh, short practice for the Oilers today. Well, Winners Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. We will tell you that guests on the show receive a certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night out of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. We welcome back to the show. For the horses in horse racing Alberta, our province's horse racing and breeding industry has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties. Employing Albertans, caring for our horses in horse racing Alberta. Now that he's uh, off skewering, uh, yes, the pole Yarby, uh, on, on a day in which he ended up scoring a couple goals, uh, Mark Spector circled back to uh, the defensive play yesterday of uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Ah, we're just having a little bit of fun with Speck. We welcome back to the show, Mark Spector. Mark, are we going to rumble today? What do you think? <laughs> I was just uh, interested to hear what Drysaddle had to say uh, yesterday. It's funny, actually. I spent the morning talking about defense, and then we watched a six-five game <laughs> at night. Wasn't much defense anywhere in Canada last night, Bobby. It hasn't been a lot of defense at all this season. All right, let's let's get let's get to this thing. So you mentioned because I'm going to ask you about some stuff that happened last night's game a little bit later on. But uh, for full disclosure purposes. Uh, uh, one of the members of the media horde, oh wait, that was you, Mark, asked Leon Dreisaitl yesterday about his improving defensive game. So let's go to that sequence right now. Go ahead, Brendan. Leon, your defensive metrics are way better this year. Your face-offs are better, your plus-minus, all the fancy stats. Can you tell me how being a stronger defensive player helps your overall game and sort of why did it become a priority for you this year? 
Um, because we weren't winning the last couple of years and clearly something needed to, to change. And, um, you know, I kind of took that upon myself that that's something that, um, you know, is important to me. And, and um, I, I take huge pride in, in defending and taking face-offs and, and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, obviously our team needs that from, from every single player. And um, I think maybe that that's been lacking from from my side a little bit the last couple of years and i wanted to make sure that um that's not going to be the case this year all right uh that is leon dry yesterday responding to mark specter's question spec can i ask you a question sure what, what do you think he was going to say you're asking him whether or not he's taken and i think i'm assuming part of the reason you think the defensive metrics have been better is because he's sitting on a plus 11 right now um He's 58% in the face-off circle. He, he was the Oilers' best face-off man last year. Now, he's improved yep. in that, but he was the best yep. face-off man last year. What, what do you think a guy's going to say when you ask that? You know, do you think the guy's going to sit there and say, uh, you, know, you know what, Mark, uh, I don't think I was that bad defensively, and, uh, and, you know, the fact of the matter is I had six points in four games in the play-in series. I was a plus player. I was at 53% in the face-off circle and played 23 minutes a game on a team that had uh, a, a, a goaltending tandem that got completely outplayed by a guy who wasn't any good in the other end. Like, do you think he was going to – or do you think do you think he kind of gave you the answer, you, you know, he has no choice but to give you? Well, first of all, you don't know the answer. That's why you ask the question. Like, one of the big fallacies in, that people talk about journalism is, I've heard it said, never ask a question if you don't know the answer. There couldn't be a stupider thing to say than that, right? I ask all kinds of questions where I don't know the answer. That's why you ask the question. Well, so, I, my, I don't know I, what he's going to say, I, Bob. I, I'm asking him the question because here's why I asked him the question. Because all his defensive metrics are up this year. He's a better defensive player. He's better at face-offs. He's clearly gone to work on the defensive side of his game. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Although he was okay defensively, he just told you, I think I lacked in that department. So he's decided for some reason to improve this year. And my question to me is very valid. How come? What made you focus on it? And it's, I thought it was very succinct. I'm basically, to paraphrase, I'm sick of losing. That's what he said. I'm sick of losing. Do you think the reason the Oilers lost the play-in series to Chicago was because McDavid and Drysdale? No, I've written that. We've had this conversation. It wasn't all their fault. There's two conversations here, Bob. Two conversations. Why did they lose against Chicago is one conversation. That's a completely different conversation. In that conversation, Leon Drysdale and Connor McDavid are about seventh and eighth or tenth on the list of why they lost to Chicago. The other conversation is, will they ever be a really good, you know, basically championship team if their top two sentiment and ice time leaders among forwards aren't stronger defensively than they were last season? That's a separate conversation. And there's no doubt that they had to get better. Connor McDavid has said so, and now Leon Dreisaitl has agreed with that. I, I guess what's I, I guess what I would say to you, Mark, is if you actually looked at the defensive metrics when he played center from you know basically January fourth or whatever on, because uh, I think December thirty first he got uh, moved into the middle and they ended up getting Yamamoto. If you actually looked at those, I mean, the only reason why he's plus eleven right now, and he's the first to know it, 
is that the shot save percentage has worked to his advantage. His PDO, which is the combined team save percentage when he's on the ice, versus the team shot percentage that the you know the team gets on goal. His team PD, his current PDO is at 107.7. Now that okay. is that's part of the reason why he's plus 11. He's at 50 percent. He's at 50 percent Corsi. He's at 52.2 percent Fenwick. And when he was in the depths of what he was going through last December, which sunk his plus minus, a stretch where the Oilers gave up a bunch of goals short uh, while they were on the power play with the best power play in 40 years, which is the fallacy of why plus minus is a bad stat, right? He, you know, go at the time that he was on the wing, they were struggling. And once him, him, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto went on a pretty good heater with, with decent to good. Uh, metrics, but off the chart shooting percentage, and that's what spiked the plus minus when he got moved in the middle. So I, I, the irony is, you're talking about you're talking about a team where they're actually not as good. They're nowhere near as good defensively. Right? They went into last night's game, Mark. Uh, let's just take a look here, off the top of my head. They went into last night's game, Mark, twenty third in goals against. They finished 16th in the regular season last year. They're actually better last year than they were to start the year. But Drysaddle's got a little bit of a deceptive plus 11 because he's got some puck luck going his way. The faceoff percentage is up from last year, so he's got to get credit for that. That's something that he's continued to work on. Um, but he was their best. He was at 52.1 percent last year. He's at 58.8 percent. That's you a lost? huge improvement, Bob. It, yeah, it, 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 52 yeah. to 58. Yeah. Uh, he, he, just so you know, Mark, he was at 56% during the 17-18 season, just as a reminder. And he took uh, he took about 1,200 draws that season off the top of my head. So he took a fair amount of draws that year and was at 56%. So he's gone 56%, 50.5, 52.1, and he's up to 58.8 to start the year. Now, hmm. you... That, for full disclosure, for full purposes here, let's hear the question and Dave Tippett's response to your question yesterday in the availability as well. And the defensive play from your top two guys, uh, Drysaddle and McDavid, can you tell us the things that you're seeing or you notice that so I get it, I can see the face-off wins and I can see a lot of the fancy stats, but as the head coach, what are the things you're seeing from those guys defensively this year that maybe you didn't see before? Well, I think it was very overstated that they weren't doing it before. Like I, I, if you dig into the games as much as a coach does, you can you can see that that they were, you know, they were still playing a defensive. When they have to play without the puck, they play a, a defensive game. This year, they've come back with that, you know, with a real intent on not just themselves but our whole team being better defensively. So they they both they understand that they have to, you know, their role on the team is is uh, they take the lead role in the offensive part, but they also understand that to win in this league, you have to play a 200-foot game. And, that, and that's, uh, you know, they both come back and they're, they have a mindset to help our team win, whether it's offensively or defensively. So the coach kind of thought it was a little bit overblown. Mark, I'm going to shoot you a number. The guy that has taken the quantum step forward this year Actually, isn't Leon. And I know we didn't have McDavid available yesterday, or you would have asked Connor the question as well. But McDavid is the guy that it has gone up. He's up 
Mark, from a year ago uh, in the 2019-20 season, Connor McDavid's Corsi dropped to 48.4%. Same number for his Fenwick. So that's the shot attempts on goal, and then the Fenwick takes away the block shots. He is at 58.6% Corsi, 59.5% on the Fenwick. And and what's happened here is basically until last night when Nugent Hopkins scored the two goals, Nugent Hopkins has been the guy that's been getting the primary looks. It's almost marking a baseball analogy. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is sitting in the five hole as a hitter with two men on base, and he's hitting about 200 in those situations because he's had lots of opportunity for more run productivity. And we all know Ryan gets better during the year. And that's the only reason why McDavid isn't sit- Like, if you look at the actual scoring chances created, Connor McDavid is infinitely better than he's been in past seasons. So I'll concede on McDavid. I actually don't think Dreisaitl is that much better than he was a year ago to start the year, except he's been awesome in the face-off circle. So it's an interesting... So, so go ahead. Go for it. So in synopsis, the point that those two guys had to get better defensively, and both those two guys have come back and verbally stated, we both have to be better defensively, and we're trying to be better defensively, and now you're stating to me, Bob, that they both are better defensively, Right. Where are we going from here? Are we trying to mitigate how much they've improved? Are we trying to find people to give credit for their improvement defensively other than themselves? Are we are we trying to say that what I would well, say, they've improved, the, but the, i got to say that they haven't improved it. What are we trying to say here, Bob? They're what, what's, better because they what, wanted to get better because they know they needed to get better, Bob. What's the first thing the coach said? Well, the coach didn't want to say that they weren't very good at times last year. I get it. What's the last thing he said? No, they're trying the fir- to lead their team, so they're better defensively. He said, right? "That's the last he, thing he said." He said the narrative out there, and you were one of the guys that pushed the narrative, was overblown because most fans and you want to keep saying it's two separate things. But I think for a lot of the fans, are saying, "Wait a sec here." You it's reference two separate the- things. It's two separate things, Bob. Well, the other thing is McDavid is healthy this year. In fairness to Connor, like his first three years, he was basically a, th- a 53 per- Mark, he was not healthy last season. Sure, he's maturing as a player, Bob. He's getting better. He's getting better. And part of get, he's not going to get a lot better than winning the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy, but he can get a lot better winning faceoffs, being a stronger defensive player, not getting scored on as much, and that's where his career is going. He, that's he where is... all the great players' careers have gone, Bob. They've all gone that same way. They show up really good at offense, and then they slowly figure out how to be stronger defensively. So that in a game like last night, whether it's 2-2 in the playoffs against Chicago or if it's 5-5 with 15 minutes to play against Winnipeg, you don't make the Cahoon mistake, right? You don't make the fatal flaw that costs you the chance to win that game. And Drysaddle and McDavid have decided we're sick of being on the ice or being part of a team that loses the 2-2 game. We want to win the damn 2-2 game. And that's the way they're playing hockey right now. And, and if they continue down this road, they're going to be that team. And in terms of last night, you know, I think that's a very, uh, that's a very obvious example of where, who you don't want to be and what you don't want to do. Cahoon makes the giant gaffe, costs you a goal in a 6-5 game, and you never catch up, right? The other That's part not of even the, an NHL play that he made last night, Bob. That was an awful play that Kahoot made. Yamamoto yeah, yeah, made a pretty ugly one on the second goal, too. The fact is, Mark, you, oh, all, you need to, plays. 
All you need to do is look at Vancouver. They had depth on their team last year. They had a good playoff run, but they had a goaltender who cleaned up the crap when other guys puked it up. And they had a defenseman in Chris Tanev that was a very solid. He, I don't like the term on the deal. In fact, I don't even like the term on Markstrom's deal. But those guys aren't there to clean up the spills that occur with Vancouver's team. And the Oilers last year in the playoff year, uh, playoff uh, playing series didn't have anybody in between the pipes that could clean up the spills. And their top defensive pairing was supposed to be Clefbaum and Larson. And Larson gets hurt. And Oscar, as we later found out, because we didn't totally know, was nowhere near being at his top. And as, as Edmonton, I'm the one that works for the Oilers organization spec. I'm here to tell you, as the team improves its overall depth, it will be reflected in the progression and growth that occurs with both McDavid and Dr- And people will start to see those players differently. But I think to sit there, I don't know, I just, I just get the I'm sense. I'm watching them both play better defense this year, Bob. And they have the same goalies. And if anything, a worse defense because they don't have cleft Bob. And both those players, as you've just stated with all those numbers, are having better seasons this year by whatever level you want to say. They're both better defensively, and the goalies are the same, and the defense is the same, and most of the players are the same. Those guys are trying to be leaders, and they're trying to show their team that there's more to this thing than scoring five every night. And I think they're having success at that, Bob. Do you know what the team save percentage is right now, Mark? Probably lousy. They had one goalie for the first eleven games, Bob. And that and that played a factor, but they're at eight ninety five. Factor, <laughs> just a factor. It's they a, played it's, it's a, in more hundred more minutes than the second place guy. It's a significant factor, but the fact of the matter, what's what's remarkable to me, Mark, isn't that the orders are at eight ninety five. What's remarkable to me is that there's eight teams that are worse than that. Pittsburgh and Washington are twenty ninth and thirty first in goals against. I just there's a lot of know, goals in the league this year. Hockey is is one of those games. It's not like basketball where two or three guys can dictate 40 of the 48 minutes that get played. You need to have the support built around. And that's and and I think in fairness, Mark, I'm fairly confident that this is the summer where Ken Holland's actually going to have a little bit of cap space. Obviously, Edmonton's going to need to address their goaltending. And we're going to have a little bit of a disagreement on the defense too. The defense is just different. They're not worse defensively. Okay, they're giving up more goals. They're playing against teams that are capable of scoring more. The, the North is a different type of game because of the type of talent that's been amassed. They haven't got the saves, especially, Mark, in one area. We can go to uh, the next segment and talk about how they have to play in front of these two goalies. But I'll tell you, I will say, Bob, if you're trying to tell me that a defense that lost Oscar Kleffbaum that hasn't had Bear on it for a while and when he's been playing, he hasn't been as good as he was last year. If you're trying to tell me that this defense isn't as strong as last year's defense, it's a different defense. I don't get it. They lost it's, their number one guy. They're not as good. right? It's It's a different defense, Mark. It's different. It's not as good. That's All right. Different. We are gonna, <laughs> right. We're we're going to. It's 12:51 in Edmonton. Stoffer Inspector for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta. We will continue after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad. All right, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. So I mentioned Spec. Um, that the Oilers last year finished 
during the course of the 1920 season, Edmonton was 15th in the league in goals against the 3.03. They went into mm-hmm. last night's they went into last night's game 23rd at 3.25. They were 14th in the league last year, goals for 14th. They're actually sixth this year at 3.44. The de- the defense is different, but I, I, I want to ask you, what's the one key statistical area that has sunk their goals against from last year to this year? That has sunk their goals against from last year to this year. There is a key statistical category that has substantially dropped that that is that is di- it directly uh, dropped this uh, the the goals against and made it a lot worse. It made it worse. Made it okay. worse. Save percentage. You tell me what is it? It's save percentage on the on the penalty kill. They are get so the Oilers gave up another one last. And I mean, you're playing Winnipeg. They got some talent. They're playing some teams that have got some pretty good top end talent. Winnipeg and Toronto. Those guys have got some special players on the power play. But the Oilers, the Oilers last year, Mark, and I think it was a bit of in fairness. I think it's it was a bit of a statistical anomaly. They finished second in the NHL at 84.4%. The save percentage that they had on the PK was off the charts. The Oilers went into last night's game mark at 75.5%. That's a drop of 10% on the PK. And so instead of being second, they're 23rd. And that really is the major reason why they've dropped from uh, gone from 3.03 goals against a year ago to 3.25 right now going into last night's game. They're higher. Okay, so after. I'm not sure whether we we completely. So, so you're you're saying you're saying that, it's the same goalies? Is it a goalie issue or no? I I would I would say they were issue. I would say they were a little bit lucky last year to have as good as uh, I did no, not envision them being second again. Uh, they didn't have, I, I think the fact they only had the one goaltender and fatigue sets in. Think about moving goaltenders from side to side on the power play and opening, uh, passing through seams and that sort of thing. Uh, getting some new players. Caleb Jones had an opportunity in consecutive games. Didn't take yeah. shooting lanes out. Got himself knocked right out of the lineup. That's part of the reason why guys like Russell and Cuckoo are staying <laughs> in because, because they need them as penalty killers. Even though all the analytics guys will tell you Jones has got to play. And, and I think that, I don't think the defense is dramatically worse. I think, how can it be dramatically worse when they have two of the top five scoring defensemen and the, they have a different type of defense? They have a defense capable more of assisting and adding to the, uh, the rush. And actually, I think they have a chance to, by the end of the season, to be, to, to be seen as being a much better defense in time, Mark. As long as they, as long as they got two goalies. They got to have the two goalies. Cause I don't well, think, I don't the whole think the system here is predicated on both these guys playing. No matter where, whether we're talking PK, I thought their PK was exceptionally good last night. The one that Shifley scored on, Winnipeg didn't get a sniff the whole PK, and then right at the end they throw that was it Wheeler threw it across the ice, beautiful pass right on the tape, and Shifley pulled it out of his that thought out of his skates a bit and just put it an inch inside the post. You know, it was one of those PKs where they had one second of brilliance and scored a goal on you. I thought the Oilers' PK was pretty good. But, listen, the, the Oilers' whole deal is predicated on both guys playing. Neither Smith nor Koskinen can be a carry-the-ball-play-all-the-time guy, right? We know that. That's what they are. Neither guy's ever going to win a Vesna. I'm going to tell you that right now. I hope I'm not breaking any hearts out there. They don't no, have one's, no, one's dis- no one's disagreeing right? with No one's disagreeing with They you. don't have Connor Hellebuck. They don't even have Jacob Markstrom. So that's okay. That's what you got. So here's your options, Bob. You can complain and cry and, and stand around and tap your foot until Ken Holland goes to get you that Vesna guy. 
Is that going to happen this summer, next summer, the summer after that, ever? I it's don't not know. happening during the season. We know that. So right. they got to make do with happen. what they got. Okay, so then let's deal with what you got. Why don't you, if you play more games like you played in Montreal, where they gave up one breakaway early, and I'm not sure they gave up three more legit scoring chances, you can win with these goalies, right? You can get some work done with them. I'm not saying these guys are going to win you cup, but I'm saying if this is your goaltending, you can't play the way you played last night because they won't win a shootout duel against Hellebuck. Hellebuck will make one more save than these guys every day. So this was the old Oilers last night. Winnipeg didn't get that many chances. They only had 24 shots. But the chances they had were so I'm not good. sure, Mark. Right? I'm not, sh- I'm so not, sh- I'm not sure it was the 17-18 and the 18-19 Oilers. And I'll tell you why. Down 4-1 at home, I'm not sure they would have had the fight to push back and keep coming all game long. And oh, they okay. did. Sure, they did. Okay. And they should win. You score five, you got to win. They, but the quality of chance. That's what I'm saying. Like the deflection goal, both deflections on Koskinen. Don't blame a goalie on a deflection. But you know, you're playing, they gave them two goals. We talked about it. They gave them two goals. I, I like. I, I'm actually fairly. I got to tell you, they're they're sitting at nine and eight with with two uh, combined save percentage of eight ninety five. I'm going to assume that gets better. And I think yep, we're sure. starting to see. I think we're starting to see better transition out of the back end and a different dimension to the back end. That's going to add offense to the team's game. It already has. They're above three point four four right now. They're at three point one six last year, and they did it all on the power play. They're much better on the five on five this year than okay. they were a year ago. So that should I have think, people excited. Excited. Well, it's sure, and I think you and I come at this from a different point. You talk about a defense that's better on transition and gets the puck out of their zone, and, and I get it. If the puck's out in years old they're not scoring on you and that seems to be you know what the new age thinking is my thinking is eventually you have to defend and the guys that transition the puck have to be adept defenders not for long long stretches but when their number gets called i don't want to pick on evan bouchard he's a young kid he's got mistakes to make he's got lots to learn if you watch that game winning goal last night his coverage on blake wheeler in front of the net was atrocious Right, so he won't do that next time because he's you, you already assigned you already assigned blame the egregious giveaway to Dominic Cahoon, and now you're yeah, now you're circling back to Bouchard. I am okay. because Bouchard was standing right next to Wheeler as Wheeler. Okay, that Mark, we got to get we got it. It's one o'clock. We got to get to break here. Let's keep this going. Okay, we're going right. to head off to global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. More with Mark Spector. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.